0: Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, really excited about bringing Derek Wang, CEO, co-founder of Stratified, onto the podcast. Um, I had the fortunate... um, Ability to interview Derek in February or March of this year as part of the Packard Place um, social happy hour uh, 30 minute interview that they do. And as soon as I wrap or as soon as I started, I knew I needed to get Derek on the podcast. Just a really dynamic CEO. Um, He gets it. You can tell it almost from the minute he walks in the room. He just carries that presence about him. Um, so today's just really that opportunity for those of you that haven't met him personally or seen him out and about, um, it's that opp- opportunity to introduce you to um, what I know the employees at Stratified know and what those in the startup community that have been fortunate enough to interact with them know, which is um, Derek's a he's, a he's a special CEO. We're fortunate to have him here in Charlotte. Um, leading a really cool company so tune in today be ready to listen to derek talk about stratified the process how he got there the struggles or not the struggles but the growth that he's had to make over the course of the last five years as he's um as they've gotten stratified off the ground and continue to grow it so really fun interview um, mainly bouncing in and around everything that it took to create build grow fun stratified so certainly hope you listen enjoy listening to another episode of the charlotte angel connection derek welcome to the show thanks so much for joining us today thanks for having me so um I usually lob kind of a softball question to get started a little bit because it right. gets the conversation flowing, right? So can you um, can you tell the audience uh, about Derek Wang? Who are you? What's your background, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, no. Um, can I talk about the company instead of myself? No, 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 no. I think get started. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Derek. I was born and raised in Beijing. I uh, came to the States about 14 years ago, uh, getting my PhD at uh, UNC Charlotte, and um, and then uh, I spent most of my time out the West Coast during my uh, PhD time working with Microsoft Research and Xerox Park. Uh, did a lot of garment research and uh, started my professorship actually at UNC Charlotte for a good amount, three, three and a half years. Uh, that was the time I realized um, how AI or machine learning is controlled by large companies. Uh, many of the people who has real-world needs of AI or machine learning didn't have the access of it. Uh, that's when I decided starting Stratified, really democratize AI by providing a data-analytic platform that everybody else can start leveraging the power of what the machine learning AI is. Uh, being at it for five years now, uh, be um, with a large team globally, about 120, 120 people already, okay. um and just doing a good uh, analytic and software company going forward.
0: OK. So you use the
1: term um, a
0: democratizing AI, right? right? So what does that mean, Stratify does,
1: right? right? What do you do? Who do you do it for? Yeah, so democratizing AI is the vision that I really set Stratify for, right? It's, um, simply put, is mm. to kind of balance the AI power and unleash that to everybody that, in their work, eventually will want to go downstream to, even smaller opportunities to leverage what the AI powers that large organization has. Um, what the vision dictates is really where the product goes to, right? Um, the vision of democratizing AI deems that we need to build a platform that everybody can use it. That means the platform needs to be very easy to use, but also has the end-to-end, end-to-endness of the platform so that people don't need to scrape from all the other companies together one pane of glass but with the entirely data coming analytics, the intelligence engine we're building for them, as well as data going out to do the predictive model, all that encapsulated into a very straightforward UI, a very straightforward visualization, and a very simple self-serve process. So that building that SaaS platform to empower all the people to use it, and eventually we we'll want to see stratified platform on every desktop on every mobile phone and everywhere else so that truly accomplish the vision of democratization. So it's a big goal Yeah, it's a very or a big vision. I guess we'll stick with your it, term. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a very exciting thing right when you start a company um, What drives the company forward is the vision right a vision could be big could be small could be private could be public um, but I think we're latching on something that is uniquely impactful for the society. And um, really, at the end of the day, when well, you have a company, you want that company to be impacts, right, to either bring more education or make people's life better. We're in the latter category. We're trying to make people's life better, starting with their business use cases with the platform uh, and something that is tangible for them yeah so on the business side um what types of
0: companies are you working with most right now right yeah um i mean how is them i guess go back to if you don't mind just the first Types of companies that right. came on, and then I know you're working with you know far more in numbers today than you were then. Right. So how was that kind of quote unquote target market kind of expanded as you've as you've grown the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's it's very uh, a key question, right? Um, also, the way that I like to think about this is vision derives to platform. Platform is your product; it's a der- derivative of your vision. Your marketing is your derivative of your platform, and then your revenue and sales is actually a derivative of all the three above that, right? So for us, it's very focused on what's our identity, right? What are we trying to do here, then goes to the platform, then goes to the marketing, and then making the sale. So when we go to market into this earlier days, we're going through a transition of a company, right? Really, the transition of that is actually expansion of who can leverage our platform, who can leverage our solution. Because end of the day, when you say democratization of a platform, you have five people using it, albeit the five largest company on earth, you're making good money. What is that going towards your vision, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where we have been the expansion of uh, our company as a whole. Uh, Essentially, we started to make recognition as well, get rapid product feedback is we target at the best of the best in the enterprise world, right? The top 1500 companies that we work with are our primary targets at early days of the company. Um, They provide us a lot of um, good feedback around what the platform is, where the platform are impacting them, but also give us a large user base. Because you go in one uh, large enterprise, you may have 200, 300 people using it, right? That's an instant lift at early days as we're looking at it. As the platform, though, goes more into our, what I call the maturity stage, where the maturation is is easier to use, but more importantly, it has clear Um, purpose why you want to use this platform or part of the platform, right? So now we start releasing package solutions that an individual or a smaller group that can start instantly grab to that, oh, I see the value of that solution impacting my operational efficiency. I want to use that. So breaking breaking, uh, uh, down the platform into solutions that people can instantly realize. That's where we are going through an expand of saying, hey, I loosely use the term downstream, but broader business environments. But I don't know what, what is the use case drify Is helping people to do, right? It sounded like all everything. We built a platform that truly looking at to do one important part to get the both textual data analysis and structured data analysis all encapsulated into an intelligence engine. So, but if I tell that to any business uh, users, they'll be like, oh, you're just talking something very generic. Yeah. We're cross cutting three solution areas. That's how we can relate to the business owners. One is your voice of customer, right? Your customer experience that are all across because think about the type of data that require analytics. Um, The human experience around your company, are actually based on that uh, textual data and structured data. Second piece is where we're braving into and start seeing a lot of uh, of positive deals and contract going forward is on contact center. So we actually, as a platform, as a core of the company, we build speech-to-text engine ourselves so that it can transcribe audio to textual data. Now the solution actually takes the whole platform into that contact center space of saying, hey, we got the latest and uh, I I don't know how sensitive the audience are, the best kind of um, platform that can do uh, operational efficiency for your call center okay all built on stratified right and then the third are the areas that we're going to market straight with is our data analytics now we're going to i.t or analytic groups or data scientists team saying hey here is a end-to-end data analytic platform it's a solution that solves your problem go buy it so the point being is when we looking at our go-to-market it's really a hub and spoke approach, mm-hmm. right? We need to identify, build on more solution because each solution has its own owners or our targeted audience to use, maybe in the branding marketing team for the customer experience, maybe in contact center folks, you know, for our contact center solution or IT and analytic folks for our platform solution. Okay. Um, you mentioned a term earlier that I've heard you talk
0: about before, but I don't know if everybody on the podcast has, which is structured data.
1: Um, so talk yep. about that for a minute and how, yeah. how that plays through here. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely a, a good point. When we call in structured data is really um, in our uh, definition versus unstructured data, right? Unstructured data in our definitions are audios and textual data are unstructured because the content of that is nobody is kind of labeled everything for you. So the rest of the world, including your numerical data, which is your numbers, Mm -hmm. your categorical data, which is your, for example, demographics, right? Um, uh, uh, categorical data, temporal data, uh, the times, maybe seconds or months, whatever those are uh, part of it, geographical data. So any of the geo IP address, phone numbers, uh, all that. Those what we call our structure data. So there is some structure to it, but um, you still need to apply our machine learning on top of that. For example, predictive analysis on the timelines. So we got all those things put into the platform. Okay. What we stand out than other uh, companies in our platform point is, we figure out our winning formula to extract the features from those data directly and matching that with the algorithms that may potentially need to run those data through so that me as a business user or IT folks, I don't need to think about what are the algorithms yeah. to use. The Strata platform will make that initial uh, analysis already and provide those results, analysis results visually to the business users of saying, oh, okay, now I can really make a combine a directed business case based on those results that Strive already provided to us. So you're taking their data and giving them information that they don't necessarily already understand that they want or need. Exactly, in, in the way we're um, in a kitchen scenario, right? Okay. Um, we are the sous chef, so we're really, or better if you think about food process or whatever way you want to think about <laughs> it, we are getting all the, the vegetables, the meat, whatever have you, and chop them up. Mm-hmm. Put them into like finite ingredients, mm-hmm. and each business users are the chef, right? You find of saying, "Oh, tonight I want to make a dish with those three ingredients together." Put into the wok, which is Stratify platform as well, right? Yeah. Just make that dish and serve that dish, right? We encourage leveraging our platform to encourage the business driven uh, kind of uh, creativity from each individual people who is on our platform. And uh, that's where the power of democratization because think about this. the creatives are the business owners. We are the ones that pro- providing them the efficiency, the, the wholen- uh, wh- wholesomeness of the whole platform that they can start building out their own decision making process. Yeah, perfect. Um, so um, take a step back for,
0: uh, for a minute. Um, you um, you went from a university professor to a founder of one of Charlotte's kind of brightest startups, right? Um, right. You might not take yeah. the compliment, yeah. but we'll, we'll give it to you anyways. Um, and maybe probably not even just one of Charlotte's brightest startups. I mean, it's just a bright spot in the southeast and, and, and probably across the U.S., did you know one day that you'd start a company? No, no.
1: no how I, did it? How did it come together then, Derek? You, well, yeah, no. So I like for me, I the way that I'm looking at this is, is natural progression, right? Yeah. It's a natural progression of. It's a lot of factors in combination, but really, it's where the time we're thinking, hey, I can't if I don't do something that I envision I can be doing. I'll be regretting the five, six years mark, and then kick myself um, uh, to it. But a lot of people are saying as entrepreneurs, hey, I have envisioned this many, many years ago. I know this is going to be successful. I don't, I don't think that's the case how we're looking at it in a way where having a startup is a very humbling process, and almost every day you're learning. You're learning, and I'm learning that. That's even more as the company grow, right? And um, I think that's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. It's an upward trajectory. Um, there's a lot more to watch out for because from a startup to an established company, that's where we want it to be, and we're in the process to do um, a lot need to be changed, right? A lot need to be optimized. A lot need to be kind of uh, uh, worked down, And that's a real- reality of where a company is built, right? right. Um, so that is, uh, to me, is also a very good um, um, kind of reminder every day is that we're like. So <laughs> taking step back to your question, I think, is very uh, it's characteristically speaking is I'm a curious person yeah when I start a startup I'm curious about what I can do right from day one even the preparation days it's a curiosity versus reality I'm curious I want to do this then we started doing this and every day in stratified I'm curious I'm curious about what we can do next what we can do more Right? So that actually answers a lot of questions where when we talk to investors or when we talk to large PE firms now, they're like, hey, where do you want to see this go? Is it IPO? Is it M&A? Is it all this? Uh, guys, listen, that's not the answer. The answer is, I don't know. Uh-huh. But also the answer is, I'm curious. I'm curious about, with your help coming in, where can we take this in further? And that just all around, the curiosity is one key thing that pushes me yesterday today and in the future so on that note then curiosity
0: um what was the do you remember the first piece of curiosity that was the original thought behind stratified
1: yeah no i think the <laughs> the initial curiosity is i when i was in university i've done a lot of work with government agencies uh-huh. public work um, but a lot of DHS, DOD, SOCOM and all that stuff. The curiosity first is, hey, this is all government work. Can a business start using it? Yeah. Right? And then I start doing work with Bank of America, I start doing work with Belk, I start doing work with Lowe's. They start using it and the curiosity throughout the discussions, can I commercialize this? Right? They all like the research work and etc. Can I make money out of it? Um, and that's really pushing to say, hey, why don't we start a an entity and see how it goes, right? Then you start the entity, you start doing work with my buddies and my co founders of this and say, hey, now we built something. Number one, can we raise money around it? Can we make this thing from just one or two clients? Can we make 10, 20, 50 clients? What kind of resource do we need, right? And also, the curiosity in that point itself is: Can I make? Can I raise money at all? Because I've never done that, yeah. right? Um, they're saying the first timers are the best. Because I like curiosity trumps all the braveness yeah. of, or affues all the braveness about it. So all that is carried through where it is as a company. So um,
0: how did I mean? So you went government to Bank of America, Bell, Capellas, and stuff like that. Um, cannot commercialize it. How do you start to price it, right? I mean, yep. you're you're um, Not a knock in any way shape or form, but your university folks that Hadn't run businesses in the past. How do you come up and say this is what we're gonna charge and you know How
1: does it grow? I think the well, so for me my a little bit of uniqueness about myself I think is the experience that I was uh, very into uh, Commercial process when I was even younger when I grow up um, so I actually Trade, build, fix vehicles when I was getting my PhD. So I got eight, nine cars in four years. I buy them, fix them up, sell them, right? It taught me a little bit about this. And again, when I started the company, it's not the first time I'm managing the scale of things. For example, when you get the government funding, you need to apply for resources. So you actually do a lot of business acumen and all that. But to your point, the pricing is always tricky. I think the pricing point, the best guidance I've ever had in my life about pricing is you price what your client sees the value, right? But then let me double click on that term client because we're platform play. We don't want clients, we want customers, because we're building out something that everybody else can use. Now we're making this thing even trickier. Who are your customers? So the pricing point becomes a lot of uh, market research, right? Really understand who will be our user of the platform, and uh, frankly, to understand what is the value that we provided to them, so they can see that, then we price around it, right? It's... Also, ultimately, back to the vision of that is, the price point we got cannot help us to build our vision of democratization of AI. Can I, if I charge $5 million a company, how many company can we go, Yeah, Probably not that many. Maybe, maybe so, I don't know. But um, but that's always a balance and um, rolling process. So the businesses
0: continue to grow, right? You've obviously started to get your pricing right. <clears throat> um, you've raised two rounds now, or three? Uh, three rounds. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got a uh, hundred plus employees across, I guess, across the world to a certain extent, right? right? Um, so the businesses continue to grow. So you continue to get things right. What's been the what's been the biggest challenge from going to the kind of right. founders to where you are today, and you driving that, right? right? You yeah. mentioned earlier you've learned a lot, and you you wake up almost every day continuing to learn. So, what's been those challenges of learning?
1: Yeah, I think the it's not a challenge. I think it's a reward, right? Um, so the way I simply put, there's two kind of founders. One, you become the icon. You become the spiritual leader, and your your spiritual leader. The other became operators, yeah. right? So in terms of founder and CEO, I value founders a lot, but I even more focus on being a CEO, right? That's the operator head that you need to put on as a company, as it grows. So that's what the years I've been running this, that's actually most valuable um, experience that I would say I had. i have the fortune to work with all those over 100 people to be their CEO. Um, as the operator, cause that's truly where the business is. You need to start figuring out not just ideology, right? We have a good vision of democratized AI, but then add more to it. There is simply put top and bottom line. Then you start dissecting all this. Then you start dissecting how you can improve this and then knowing the risk of each of that. So it, that's where the, I, I think that's where how the sausage is made as a company, um, and I think that's a good transition for me from a founder to operator. Trust me, it took a while. It took a while to say, because it, it's, a, it's a behavior, it's also people that you build around you at different stage, right? There are different stages of folks that are around you that are fitting for that stage, but as the company grow, as the more of the identity is being built, there's no longer the, a good fit, right? Yeah. Then that's a, a very hard, but even harder on a personal level decision to make. Um, so I think from founder to operator is one of the true lessons. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm kind of coaching a few startups right now, it's the same way. I, at least that's my way of thinking about what it is. Because um, <clears throat> you're running a business. Yeah. So it's the same, same answer to your pricing question is that you're running business, right? You need to figure out the pricing, but that's not you smack your head of saying, hey, I want to charge you five million. Yeah. It's really it's really that uh, exploration yeah. with the market is. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: So um, we just mentioned it. You've raised money a couple times. Um, how do you know each time or how have you known each time that now now is it right now's the time to go out there and do it again and this is this is how we're going to do what we need to do
1: yeah um i think that's also more on the operator side of the house mm-hmm. right Absolutely. um it's really so the way the signal that i'm looking at to raise money is initiative right if i have a new initiative and if i know that's initiative will either leap forward on our product or kill our competitors or have broader market uh, acquisition possibilities, I'm gonna raise money, right? It's the understanding where that is and seeing clearly about that vision or not to butcher a reuse vision a lot, seeing clearly about that tactics, that strategy, It's important for people to understand when to raise and of early days, of course, you may run out of money. Yeah. Fortunate to us is we were not in that uh, position back against wall and that's bad position. But that's every startup would be, right? Early on, that's every startup would have it. That's early signals. But as the company, as the founder become more mature, Um, I would say think more strategically. Um, It's it's a very vague term, a lot of people hate it. Early days, I hate it. People telling me, you need strategy, vision, I was like But no, now it's very important is if you don't think clearly about where it is, where you want to drive it, don't raise, because then you'll have a lot of uh, regrets when you raise the money. Now, the other piece I would say, when you think about raising and using it, is do you have do you understand your business well enough, right? This is the number one thing, yeah. right? Do you, do I understand Stratify well enough to say I want to raise money? and I know where to put the money into. Yeah. That goes to the strategy, but also goes to team structure, also goes to the whole nine yards about what the company is.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. You, um, you talk to founders sometimes that um, they want to know what the biggest mistake about raising money is or whatever, or about their pitches. And oftentimes you see founders get up and they talk about raising money and try, you know, trying to actively raise money, and you can tell they don't know their business well enough, right? And that's the biggest failure is is not that it's not right or anything. It's just that they don't understand the ins and outs well enough, and therefore right. they don't sell it as well as they could. Yeah, exactly. And I, I
1: think that shows, right? It's, oh, absolutely. It's the and at the end of the day, I would say it's it's that's where I'm very humble. You're saying, hey, we're at the bright spot. We're we're not. It's because we just know our business, right? I there's. Bra- better, more brilliant ideas out there, but ideas does not convert into a business. Ideas converts excitement that may potentially go to business, but between the excitement and business is at least some clarity. Even if you look at the early days pitches by Airbnb, by uh, LinkedIn, by all that, Although they were saying they don't know where they want to, they can be. Yeah. At least they know what are the strategies. Some of the strategies that they are they're going to that that is sound. Yeah. Right. Know your businesses again. To our full full disclosure, I am still learning every day about Stratify. Mm-hmm. That's that's a God knows choose and uh, that won't that won't stop, and it will continue to be more complicated. As you get more business in, you get more people in, you get more challengers in, but that's part of the fun. But if as a CEO, as say you want to pitch, you don't understand to your exact points, um, think again. Yeah. Keep thinking about it, because a lot of the time, um, when you're in there, you, you can <laughs> It's harder. Yeah. You have to jump back out. That's where talking to investors, talking to a mentor, talking to a buddy. I'm saying your idea. Don't think ideas. I, I think over the years, what I've been heard a lot is people. I like, do No. 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 Derek, I don't want to share my ideas with you <laughs> because you're going to steal my idea. I was. My point is number one. If your idea, I can steal it. We got to. Uh, you. You got to think again yeah, whether that's a good idea or, or not. Yeah. Right. Secondly is. If you're afraid of people stealing your idea, unless you're a very super bright shining star, which probably at that point you don't want to talk to me, yeah. I'm nobody. But you, you if you're already there, you should already raise, uh, do your thing already. you off or raise some money or whatever. Yeah. There is, frankly, in between stage, many companies are going through is refine your pitches. Yeah. Refine your pitch in a way where. I I got this experience a lot, Um, it's the early days, even now, it's like people shut doors in your face, investors, so normal, very normal, right? But every time I've treasured those moments, every time what I would ask the same question is what was the issue, was it the platform, Is is the product the issue, is the way I pitch, is the business strategy, or is my team? One of those has a problem that you, why you decided not to invest in us and a good investor will give you straight up, Hey, here's X, Y, Z. I Z, Y, I don't want, many of them don't treasure the ones that actually give you the feedback if you're raising money, because that's rare to come by and treasure people actually, like for people that walk up to me and say, Hey, I want to get some startup experience. I'll give you full. I don't, I don't mind. If you have a question, I'll tell you what the issue is. Yeah. Take it or leave it. <clears throat> so people told you no, Derek. Oh, you can't even believe how many of them. How did you process so the first no? The, how did you process the
0: first no? Just uh, moving to the next. I, one.
1: I I think it goes through the emotions, right? I think it goes through the emotion every single time people telling you no, no. I I again, I'm human. Yeah. Right. It's it's really it's. Rejection is not—it's not—it's not a good thing, especially early days when I raised. Hey, I'm a professor. I don't—I know this crap. Um, but really is one I was sharing with you, right? It's really start to be curious and be humble about this, and say, okay, let's look at emotional side. This is the. This is the most dangerous term that I think in a company. You'll laugh at me if a year ago I tell you this because I was living into that. Um, as, a, as a founder, it's all about passion. I still have passion, but passion doesn't equal to emotion, right? So what a lot of the things being operator is you take the emotion out, you look at the facts, you look at what the data, you look at what the metrics are, you look at how you run the business and then optimize around that. Similar things with investors. Early days, emotions seem piece of it. Right? Emotions are. I have a great business plan. Why are you not getting it? Right? Come on. Um, and then you don't hear anything. You, like, I have the face where we're saying, this is great. This is where this is a brilliant idea. We're better than this company. Why are you mentioning this company? Why does this matter? Why are you not picking up? Why are you not? Instead of saying, asking all that, yeah. now this is what I'm saying, changing tactics of saying, hey, what was the issue? Tell me the issue. Because truly embracing that of saying, knowing where I know right now, you sitting across the table as an investor, you see a hundred thousand of this. If you're a reputable firm. yeah, You see a lot of these pitches. And even though you are not in the obligated to kind of summarize them into your principles, You read people. You read what they know. And me being here showing you what we're doing and you're telling me you're not investing, there must be a reason. And every feedback is a learning point. So I started using investors as, um, frankly, as a sounding board, right? Just go in there, be humble. Here's what I know about my business. Don't be defensive, right? Here's what I know. Here's what I see. This is a business I'm coming, I believe we have done X, Y, Z, and see if there's any to fit. Right? There is going to be one that will fit you. Yeah. Um, there, is this by luck? Oh, of course. But the chances of your success, be successful, is a probability. It's luck. It's a probability. The more you talk to people, the higher the probability you'll find the one that will invest in you. And unless you're a super great company, ideas, business, there are those out there. They'll have first strike and everybody chasing it. Great. And then to me, this is why I'm saying it's a humbling process. I never call us a unicorn. I never call us whatever. We are the bulk of the company that is grinding it through and will make it successful down the end. Yeah. Through that point, I'm learning. I want all the feedback possible. That's. That's where I, I think for every uh, startup founders that myself included and um, always just be humble and then that is easy on you as well yeah. you don't feel that emotion roller coaster um, just steady get the emotion out yeah.
0: um, so you'll say you're not a unicorn um, I'll argue that you probably are there if not um and and if not will be quite soon um unicorns by nature have great leaders um uh leaders that inspire greatness and from doing a previous interview with you doing this interview and talking with just people in general i mean that's you right you inspire greatness from the folks that work around you i try um i think the um, you have this unique ability that when you talk people are ready ready to go work for you right then it's just a, it's a really cool um, uh, character trait that you have right where does it come from do you know is it um, is it you use curiosity so much that um, is it the curiosity is it um, what is it what is it that draws people to you and I know that's a hard thing for you to answer but have you ever sat back and thought about it I think it's the
1: Genuine, uh, right I, I, I treat like always what I learned when I grow up um, is you treat people like the way people want to be treated right that's that's number one thing in my uh, in by my book it, it, at the end of the day um, a up-and-coming company is hard you got people working with you uh, it's even harder it's especially people that are more established right mm-hmm. you just need to be very frank I'm very honest about what's going on there. Um, I think well, I'm fortunate, right? I think the, the ability to attract talents is not just me; it's also the team that you start building up, people around you. You start looking at it, um, and then they are also anchored to kind of attract broader talents. It's a it's a very exciting time to see all that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think for me, uh, you, you're right. Talking to an uh, individual, whether it's, that, it's the same thing as you go and talk to investors. There's no predefined purpose. Although I like, I know I want you to join us, the conversation is more a curiosity is a fact finding. It's that, hey, what do you know about us? What do you what do you want to see what yourself in here and here's what we have. And then the getting people on board is whether there's alignment or not. If there's alignment, people all are passionate about it. Let's do this together, right? You come in, people are saying go join a startup is like uh, with your eyes um, blindfolded. I said, completely the other way. I want you to come in with your both eyes wide open, knowing what <laughs> stuff you get into this, uh, knowing the risk, Knowing what we do, this is what we do, these are the facts, so that when you come in here, you have no um, regrets, so you can work. And also that treating all the the people in the company as well, here's what um, affects, right? This is where the facts that the company expect us to do, here's what your expectation, let's match it. Let's talk about what could be working out together. I think curiosity and genuine—it's—it's it's two important things when I talk to everybody, in, uh, uh, partners, employees, team, clients, customers. Same way, yeah. right? It's, just, that it's much easier to carry a conversation that way.
0: You mentioned a number of times um, the hiring, the people that you have here, that you're surrounded with, right? Great people, great team, all the way through. Uh, what's the hiring, how's the hiring process evolved for y'all, right? I mean, you start yeah. off as a startup in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's probably not as easy, but now you're beyond that. You've done three fundraisings, you're you're well-recognized,
1: um, how's that evolved? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's very humbling process of learning that grab the best talent and figure out a place for them to work in, uh, not to the point where let's really figure out a job description. Yeah. So, Simply put it, just that, I, I I don't know how many people want to uh, acknowledge that, that's my lesson learned, right, okay, so before yeah. is, oh, you see this talented person, um, great, very passionate, very kind of acknowledging what the company I want to go, hey, let's bring her on board, and uh, let's figure it out, right? Early days, you definitely need those, those are the people, up, Steve, and doing that, but then to the point where now you're running a 100-some people, um, the fact of if we're still running like that, I would say, think about WeWork. i going to run this thing into the ground because policy, pro, um, principles, process, and clear definition, if they're not there, you can't grow a big company. Yeah. You can't grow a company at all because then you're... You're, you're using human power to manage versus a process to guide and become the real guard. So that's the big watershed for me, right? Find the talents or now we have a JD. We know clearly, we spend more time working out a JD than we actually go out and recruit an interview. That's the big shift. that, um, it's a good shift. I yeah. think that's the maturity part of it as we're maturing multiple areas. And when you say JD, just to be clear, you said you mean job
0: description. Job description. Yeah, 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 yeah. Job description, so, um, yes. That's funny. So um, what um, what do, you, what does Derek need to improve upon as Stratified moves into the 2020s?
1: Mm. Lots, of, uh, lots of thoughts went into that. And um, I think it's... Identity, right? For me right now, we're at the place where we had initial success in commercial process. we got clients leveraging our platform in many kind of Fortune 1500 um, clients. But who is stratified? What What is the stratified, um, what does stratified mean when you say the term? Like how much does people know where we stake our ground, right? That's what I'm looking at as a, as a leader of the company is, we need to establish that, right? We need to establish that more focus and concentrate. And when people are saying, oh, Stratified, this is the next-gen data analytics platform, great. That's, that's what we are, and I want that to be a name, but also a concept that people know. Like, for example, Google, search engine, Salesforce, CRM, ry-Fi data analytic, right? So that's the thing that Derek need to be focusing on is the identity, right? It's This is back to, which is interesting where I see the journey that I'm looking at right now is from founder to operator and back to founder slash operator, right? Because that's the, what founder defines. Identity is what founder defines. Now I'm back into that mode of saying, let's get more and start embracing next stage is uh, uh, The growth stage to yeah. be frank, right the growth stage if you don't have identity What are you growing? What are you growing to? Yeah, right
0: um, a whole bunch of people <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly, <laughs> uh, just like something yeah. out there.
0: Yeah, right. So that's the neat thing is I see you rotate back and forth between that founder operator um, you know the first person that pops into mind when you think founder operator in that capacity is like a Steve Jobs right, yeah, um, right. that's a place that you know right. you yeah well um, you see yourself running into that space rather quickly um, is it um, we've talked a lot about data today um,
1: is it AI or is it machine learning um, I believe it's more machine learning yeah right so it also in our term we actually Trademark the AI to be augmented intelligence, right? Okay. So it's it's really fundamentally where machines helping people to get better, yeah. and that's my belief of what it is. Yeah. Okay, um,
0: what um, what are the limits of machine learning then over the course of the next five or ten years?
1: Yep, um, it's also I think the the way of looking at machine learning or AI or whatever term they're they're kind of. Uh, put it together, now it's very hard to separate them if you're not a theoretist or a computer scientist. The, the hurdle for this is ethics. The, really what I'm looking at is the ethics of those machine learning, right? Ethics <laughs> including privacy, including security, but also truly just ethics. Um, it's actually scary for me to look at what uh, what they do, right? For example, the earlier on Microsoft has an image search capability that was confusing uh, um, different ethnicities, let's just put it that way, because it was trained on bad data. Okay, yeah. Right? So what is the aspect around that? Who says this product is ready to be released so that other people can start using it? What is the safeguarding of a machine learning results that can help people, right? If you hear a lot more these days are the deep fakes, Right, those that thing scares me. I have to say as a computer scientist, that thing scares me because I know there are research papers trying to prove how hard it is to distinguish between deep fake and actual videos or images. yeah So to me, it's the ethics that um, is lagging behind um, that will be the biggest hurdle for AI or machine learning to grow because um, us human, we don't like things that we don't control, yeah. And uh, if we more and more we start proving AI is, is this unethical, or people saying under the name of science, or and but mostly an ethical product of what whatever it could be, then um, there's going to be policies against it. There's going to be human corrections against it. That will be the biggest hurdle to for AI companies to go forward on, on all this. I don't think it's the algorithm. I don't think it's the number of data. Um, I don't think it's the labeling. All those are tactics, but it's really overarching framework that could let people to enjoy the benefits of AI, but not feel threatened by it. Because remember the days where people saying AI is going to take all the job? Did they happen? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Right? That's still still going. And remember the days where they're saying, oh, AI race between US and China is because China have 1.4 or 1.7 billion people contributing to it? Yeah. They're course correcting that. Because they start realizing, crap, all the AI companies are stealing private data. No, they want that. Yeah. They're shutting down so many different companies because of the ethics, right? So that's where I think the biggest hurdle is is the ethics. So you don't worry about the um,
0: you worry about the ethics aspect of it. Um, do you worry about the future job destruction aspect of it or no, Derek?
1: No. Uh, so we're I don't worry about jobs, right? The the way to say that is whatever that job is out there that people can do are, simply put, two parts, art and science, right? That's where the job gets done. Machine learning is not gonna replace the art part, right? That's what the human, we do the best. There's the decision-making, all the information gathering, deduction, all that stuff is what the people does. Yeah, rudimentary jobs, that just repeatable jobs will be automated by, the AI, but it's not going to replace the human creativity and arts. So I'm not too worried about it. I think it's even more so of organization to have a smoother and better um, service provided to people. Right, that's that's what I'm looking at it. Yeah, pivot for a second. Um, we've talked a little bit
0: about you know, the, the the number of times you've raised money. So uh, we did a podcast interview last year with Georgian Partners. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And um, great podcast. And um, obviously, they're one of your investors. What's it like to, you know, kind of run alongside, or I guess more appropriately, have somebody like Georgian Partners run a lot, run alongside you in this process, and how has it helped you go to the next round, et cetera? Talk a little bit about that venture capital type money and the process yeah. and information that kind of comes along with it.
1: Well, the the short answer of that is how much time do you have? Right? Yeah. and and the second nine t- minutes on your watch, <laughs> I think, Derek. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I think the the fact is Georgian Partners is really great uh, contributors and partner with Stratified. I think the number one key of introducing investor is going back to earlier we talk about it, whether you understand your strategy, if you do, then you know what type of investor you want, right? Georgian partner is part of that investor we love, right? They are really um, provide as much care you want and provide as much cadence and guidance you want and going forward. But I do want to say one thing, it's, it's really for um, your audience or maybe early founders about this, is to understand the, the usefulness of boards, right? That's what the investors are, right? They, they represent not only just give you the money, but also the experience that they can bring into the boardroom and respect that and leverage that. That's actually truly helpful for you to understand the next stage of strategies and then keep them close, keep them transparent about it. Um, board is there for you as a founder and CEO board is there for me, right? They're helping me in turn. I can help the company to operate yeah. um, in terms of Funding again, that goes back to the business, right? A great investor will be at the time where you need money to give you the instruments to accomplish that but a great investor is not here to say raise another round raise another round because you know that they just want to get quick money out of um, the valuation changes. Um, we have great investors who sit here alongside with us and say, let's make this happen, right? We're behind the vision, we're supporting all your tactics, and uh, we're supporting of your operations. Yeah. What's the what's 2020
0: like for so not a five year vision right What's 2020 like for Stratified Y'all are um, you are in this building now You're gonna be moving Correct yep.
1: What else is I mean What's the easy six to twelve month runway Derek I think for us is focusing on our um, solution center right That's what we're talking about here We build a platform that is Legend on the vision We build a platform But next year is about how we're breaking up the platform so that a broader audience uh, a broader customers can start using the software um, what we have provide in a very easy access and a broader reach, right? So, so that's what. Where- so today it's the uh, it's the uh,
0: it's 1500. Um, you're talking about broadening that out in 2020, yep.
1: so it's the 300, the 3000, or whatever the number whatever is. Whatever number that, is, yeah. right? It's really downstreaming this. It's yep. really to say, almost like flip the script, right? Hey here is something that I tangibly can solve that, for example, you look at the app, app store. When I start go to gym and say, hey, what, wouldn't it be great if I have a, a recording tool and see what tracking tool see what gym activity I've done? You bet there's one, yeah. right? So this is what we are going to, is we're trying to build that solution center. So people come to Stratify, hey, what if I can solve business X, Y, Z? oh, you bet there is something out there on Stratify platform yeah. that I can use. That's 2020 we're pushing to. And we are very close of releasing that. That's awesome. Yeah, So it's a big milestone that I'm sure.
0: That would be a really good milestone to yeah. have. Um, how do you celebrate milestones?
1: Mm. Um, personally or as a company, right? Personally, um, I don't celebrate anything <laughs> um, As a company is where... I think it's the recognition. Yeah. I think for team is where the recognitions they're due. We don't like, I think what, uh, what as the greatest of mentors that I've talked to is, it depends on what you think is getting people get up every day and go to Stratify is the vision. And what is the vision really good being recognized It's the number of customers. Right. The more customer bring people should know whatever that um, the, the excitement they should start generating. Um, and then it's the metrics and compensations and all that, that comes along with it. I think a huge team win doesn't necessarily you need to do something lavish. We're not giving out Lamborghini or something. Okay. But really is something that people enjoy and memorizing, right? Going to a bowling alley, going to all this company-sponsored lunch, right? And it's really trying to cater to that um, rewards because that rewards will come rapidly as because we're expanding and growing so fast. But along the way is make them a stratified person, right? You are a stratified person. Here's the perk that you got yeah. as you grow in this uh, and grow with the company. Um, that's where we, again, uh, this is also a learning process because 10 people to 20 to 50 to 100 and we're looking at a much bigger workforce next couple of years, things will be dynamic. And um, with a good team member, we brought in to our people person, to our recruiting team and operational team. We're figuring out where we're trying to kind of be, what, what, what's the term they're using? Um, be uh, up to up to up to date, hip. right? Up to date with all what the people are looking for. Yeah, yeah? No. So
0: um, hip, so to speak, with the culture, I guess, to a certain extent. Hip is yeah.
1: being one, yeah, and uh, I think it's 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 very. Um, I, I like our culture being inclusive, really inclusive around a lot of areas and um, and. Yeah, that's that's the fun part waking up and working with the team you um,
0: and we'll kind of wrap up with this because yeah. I, I want to let you get out I know you're you're busy and you've got the next things to go on to um, as far as being inclusive as stratified right one of you know, the Charlotte startup community is an inclu- is currently an inclusive <laughs> community yep. as well you've already said that you're mentoring a couple of founders yep. you're out there you've done speeches to the startup community and everything else what role does or um, will Stratified continue to play
1: within the Charlotte startup community? Yeah, so um, that's a really great question, right? So um, you have your community leader like Keith Ludeman, yourself, uh, Dan from Packer Place, and many others that start working on this. Um, So from where me personally versus Stratified, I would say personally, I would like to be more involved in the way where, um, instead of just a few one-on-ones, is an event of saying, "Hey, like on this podcast, hey, yeah. what what have you learned?" I was the same way. Just go, everybody listen to what that good old Derek was about to say and criticize it, right? And um, really get that going, right? We are also looking at the source of startups, meaning different colleges around this. City and universities around the city, and say, "Hey, how can we partner up with you?" And then in the way where we can foster entrepreneurship. And I think the the fact of this is where I can contribute and I love to contribute is just share my mistakes. Yeah. Right? That's 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 what I learned um, when I run the company. Learn more other people's mistakes. At least you don't make it right that's that's truly helpful because every startup we're all against time right the least amount least the the most equal thing for everybody is the, the minutes and seconds in a day and that's what i truly value about it right if i can learn something that can save me uh, five ten months yeah that's huge that yeah. person got a big reward right um but that's what I'm looking into, and I think the community is kind of start building up. There's a lot of, um, lot of activity, uh, activities there. What I would love to do is, you know, make it more structured, right? I, I think it's like what Keys is doing, Charlotte Innovations and yeah. that team. It's really like, no agenda almost. I, I think I like that better than any any other formats. It's just, just sit down chat no agenda and see where we can be helpful and Keith is uh, exemplary uh, kind of person of that very kind hearted just want to share right and um, I would love to share as much as I know well, I would yeah, say yeah. the um, the most
0: re- I mean, not the most refreshing but a super refreshing thing to hear you say is um, share mistakes not successes and you didn't say not successes but we learn so much more from um, each other's mistakes than we do anything else yeah. so that's really cool so absolutely um, I doubt there are many mistakes in your in your um, in your path that you've trailblazed so far Derek but I'm sure we'd all there's be interested a <laughs> there's a lot
1: again that's more yeah. like how much time yeah.
0: do you have yeah exactly yeah so well uh, we don't have much more time because um, you know we're up against our time block. But um, thanks so much for carving out some Thank time you. with us today. It's great to hear the the success, the backstory, and everything else. Really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, we'll keep talking on this, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Thanks, sir. cheers.
0: Yeah.
2: William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.